and we're off. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is another podcast from the Wisdom Factory Literary Society, and today I am with Robert. Um, this is, you know, his he's, he's starting to feature on podcasts regularly here, and we're glad to have that. Uh, I'm Jordan Villanueva, the uh, founder of the Wisdom Factory Literary Society, and we have a good episode for you guys today. We will be talking about space exploration, and, you know, the impetus for this podcast really is... We were looking around at current events, things that were happening in today's world, and we really noticed an uptick in space activity, particularly from the private industry, but not exclusively. So for people who have been paying attention to space exploration, SpaceX has successfully landed three weeks ago. There are three core boosters for the Falcon Heavy, uh, and that is huge because it's going to enable a lot of private individuals and public um, government you know, public governments to then launch their own payloads into space. And um, I mean, what that's going to do for human space exploration is huge. And that is a very, we're happy to see that type of development. Um, and we'll talk about these things throughout the podcast. Um, but the second thing was SpaceX wasn't the only one. Blue Origin did the same thing uh, last week. They actually, and they have a smaller rocket. It's not like, you know, the Falcon Heavy, but they were able to successfully launch a payload into space and to land their core booster safely on the ground. And that's something that, you know, the a lot of governments can't do. It's something that NASA hasn't been able to do outside of the space shuttle. So these are huge developments. And these things, you know, sort of, we feel like people need to know about them. And looking forward, there's implications to this sort of technology. And um, so two other things that have happened are that Trump has announced his 2024 plans to go back to the moon right robert you want to what's what's a little bit of what what's what is what's important about that you know trump announcing that you know <clears throat> we need to go to the moon in 2024 yeah so um howdy uh shout out to uh preston he's got uh an accessory to war which is a a, a good book that has a lot of sources that i'm gonna uh, talk about here a little bit who wrote that one? Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Okay. Uh, shout out to shout out to Rob Dell. Um, Rob Dell. The, the Psychology of Imagination. I hope uh, I hope you've been reading that. Um, but Don't, yeah, so uh, he, he's putting that on the record so you guys can't steal his books. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody knows. No, he's borrowing it. It's all good. Yeah. Um, I hope he gets to read it. I haven't had the chance. But anyways, um, yeah. So apparently Trump said that his intention is to have uh, uh, people or Americans on the moon by 2024. Um, the only thing that I was saying was that it's interesting that he specifically chooses the year 2024 mm -hmm. as his goal, yeah. um, considering that right now we're in 2019 and he hasn't been reelected. Mm -hmm. So, um, in my opinion, he's kind of saying, you know, a vote for Trump is a vote for space yeah. kind of, you know, and I think he may make it an issue in the upcoming, you know, primaries and whatnot but i just thought it was interesting that he specifically said yeah. you know by 2024, 2024. Yeah. it's like okay it's, it's an so election year. exactly it's an election yeah, that's, year. that's that's that would be the end of his term yeah. and that would be the end of both of his terms if yeah. he got reelected. Yeah. so i think he was kind of just putting it out there yeah um, and and that's it's that's a that's a very interesting observation you know that, that trump is doing that because to be honest you know when i look at space exploration i have always looked at a candidate's position on space exploration. You know what I mean? Like, there, I, I always pay attention to what Obama was talking about on space, to what Bush was talking about on space, because I am pro-space Like, I'm all the way gung-ho. I love it. I think we should be out there. And I don't think that we're doing enough. So mm -hmm. to see people accelerate um, our <laughs> using our resources, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. using more government, um, you know, uh, initiative behind that, I think is a, is a positive development. And, you know, I don't, I'm not necessarily a Trump supporter, 
Um, you know, but like, I, I do like that he's doing that because it's important, not, not, not for political reasons to me, but because it actually gets us there. Like we are going to be on the moon on 2024. When, when the last time we could say that was yeah. what, in 1972? 19, yeah, yeah. We were looking at that earlier. Yeah. Uh, NASA, NASA astronauts left space in 1972. Exa- yeah. And we haven't, well, actually, I'm sorry, not space. They left the moon, moon in yeah. 1972. 1972. 1972. And we haven't been back since. That's, that's, um, what, what, we did the math, like what, 47 years yeah, ago? 47, 47 years ago. That was before the internet. Yeah. 1972, they were listening to, what, that was a disco? They did yeah, disco in the 70s? Yeah. I don't know. Like, it was before the 80s. 1972, <laughs> Black Sabbath had only been out for two years. That means heavy metal was two years old. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> it was two years old in 1970. And now, now we don't, like, Black Sabbath, like, we've gone into another age of electronic music, yeah, you know? Like, we, we're in a oh, different man. age a here, man. Completely different Which age. actually brings up the point, uh, we were asking the question earlier while we are brainstorming a little bit, if you could choose anybody in this new age of space mm. exploration to be the person that steps on the moon, <laughs> you know, and does that next giant leap for mankind, yeah. if you could choose anybody to represent the ideal person for that, who would you choose? Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's a good question. Yeah, it's, it's a good question. And, well, there's two ways that I want to answer this, okay? Because at the end of the day, in order to have true space exploration, what needs to happen, Robert, is the everyday person has to get interested in it. You know what I mean? In a democracy, the, the people have to push for space exploration. We have to see it as something that is important enough for us to invest our tax dollars at the end of the day. That's what we have to do. Our tax dollars, we have to see it as important enough to invest enough of our budget, you know, in in this, you know. And so in order for that to happen, I think to answer your question, we have to pick somebody who is going to galvanize public attention on space exploration, you know. So it has to be somebody who, you know, has respect in the community. It has to be somebody who everyone knows. It has to be somebody who has, you know, a good solid reputation for uh, the values that we embody when it comes to space exploration. You know, like cooperation, scientific advancement, and all these things, innovation, and so for those reasons, I mean, I don't know if this is a crazy idea. It might, might, might or might not be. I don't know how he can hold up. Say it, say it. But we gotta send Joe Rogan to we space. We got Joe Rogan. We gotta in space. spend. We that gotta was what we came down. With. Strap him up. Put him in a. Put him in a rocket. And launch his ass that out there. Motherfucker doesn't want to go to space. Yeah, he probably. He, well, you never know, man. Like, yeah, he's 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 he probably doesn't, but you know. I'm sure if the country wanted him to do it, he could do it. But that's that's pie in the sky. Yeah. But the, the practical answer is that, well, we want people in space who can pass physical and psychological... Yeah, there's requirements, obviously. Yeah, physical and psychological examinations and who have the um, educational background, who are well-rounded enough to accomplish the things that we need them to accomplish. Yeah. People that can handle themselves, that can cooperate, you know, with, with other people that are going to be, you know, on their mission. Mm-hmm. So great communicators. Yeah. Um, definitely we need great leaders, you know, like like they have to have good leadership qualities because that's huge yeah. because you, you never know what can happen in, in any given scenario where things might not go as planned. And you need somebody there who is not afraid to stand, you know, to, to stand up in, the, in those type of situations. So for those reasons, I think, you know, and I think that our space program does that. I think they have a good... You know, uh, I've heard it's very selective, man. Like thousands and thousands of people apply to these things and only like 12 people get accepted. Yeah. And they're usually, well, like you said, man, because you were talking about, uh, we were talking about the military, mm-hmm. the, like like usually these people have military background. Why do you think that is so? Like, uh, you- well, I mean, I think what you were saying earlier about like physical requirements and like all those, like they need to be able to work in a group. Like that's mm-hmm. already kind of accomplished with mm-hmm. your time in the military. I think a lot right. of like Air Force people and like uh, fighter pilots and everything end up like bleeding over into uh being an astronaut but just to kind of just to kind of bring uh this entire podcast to a a focus just real quick um 
space exploration yep. is kind of what we're what we're talking about That's today. Like we're, today. We're talking about yeah. why uh, why should we be exploring space, um, mm-hmm. and then also sort of the privatization of space exploration. Yep. Um, so I think we're kind of just speaking specifically on how like we can explore space more, explore space better, but mm-hmm. I think we're trying to focus on the exploration, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So for you out there, you're listening to this, you know, in your car or you know, in your on your bed or whatever. Yeah. So just to clarify, this will be we'll, we'll be talking about space exploration and diving into uh, a lot of we'll be trying to answer some tough questions, you know, about like what are we trying to accomplish in space? You know, what is the ultimate objective? Is it economical? Mm-hmm. Is it political? Yeah. Is it scientific? Yeah. Um, we're also going to be looking at sort of what has happened in the past, like our, our past um, mm-hmm. efforts in space, right? And looking yeah. at what, well, what, we, what have we already done? What yeah. have we already accomplished in space? And even more importantly, how has that affected the lives of the everyday individual? I think that's an important thing um, to look at. What are some other questions that we'll be answering in this episode? Uh, well, actually, to answer one of your questions, we were discussing earlier on why exactly we're uh, exploring space. And you said, and you're the one that said it, I can't take credit for it, but you said the reason that we should be exploring space is for the purpose of <coughs> is for the purpose of finding life. Right. Well, we'll, we'll get into that, yeah. Robert. I just, I just want to sort of put all the questions out there. <clears throat> yeah. Because um, we, had, we had those two, and I know that you had written down uh, a lot of questions. Yeah, well, I have some of our questions underlined from when we were talking earlier. Yes. One of them was, uh, should the U.S. spend a large portion of their budget on exploration? Yep, yep, that's um, a good one. You can go back to the Obama administration and George Bush even, um, and uh, how, you know, the money has shifted from, you know, supporting NASA to not supporting NASA uh-huh. to, you know, I think it goes Bush with the Constellation program, and then uh, Obama kind of canceled it, and now Trump is saying that he wants it back. Um then also we brought up the question, um, um, what would be the zip code for Trump Hotel if we were on the moon? Um, it's only a matter of time until Trump's got that hotel on the moon. Um, and then uh, a couple more of our questions. Uh, what do you think it is to be qualified? We brought, went over that. And then the purpose, um, what should we accomplish? Oh, and then I think at the end we kind of wrapped it up. And I think this is a, a good question to maybe wrap it up all together. Specifically speaking to our generation. Uh-huh. How do we want to approach space exploration? Right. How do right. we want to approach things? Because one of the guiding uh, directives, or however you want to, whatever the word is, of the space of space right now mm-hmm. is an outer space treaty that was signed in 1967. Right. So since then, um, we we as in the human Humans, race. Yeah, humans. Um, haven't really, um, you know, looked at the treaty and the treaty, you know, has very specific, um, policies, but I think that question that we ended on was how does our generation, yeah. you know, want to approach well, space and here, stuff here's like what, that? Here's what it was, Robert, is that we have this and I'm going to go out and advocate my perspective on this. And, you know, we do that sometimes on the wisdom factory and these views and beliefs and positions and convictions do not represent that of the wisdom factory, you know, but me and Robert are human beings and we have our feelings and our opinions on things. And, um, and I'm going to be communicating some of those, you know, and, and the, the one that I have in particular to regards to this treaty that you're talking about is I believe that these treaties in, on space cooperation are antiquated. I think that they were made in, well, w- this one was made in the 70s, wasn't <clears throat> yeah, it? Yeah, so just to clarify, this is the Outer Space Treaty. That's, uh, mm-hmm. that's literally what it's yeah, called. It's the called space. the Outer Space Treaty. 
Uh, I believe it was signed by uh, it signed in 1967. Okay. And if you so look up the, the yeah the United Nations Office for Outer Space Affairs, the U N O O S A. Mm-hmm. Um, you go there just .org website, and yeah. they have a curriculum actually education curriculum on space law, and then it gives a link over here to the Outer Space right. Treaty. Provides the basic framework on international space law, including the following principles, and it has about ten principles laid out. And I think those principles are the ones that you are saying yes, are outdated exactly. or antiquated. Yeah. So, so, um, so my position is that you know, in order for space exploration to truly be unleashed, you know, yeah. we have to throw away these rules because they sort of tie. Our, our 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 motivational you know need to go out into space because okay human, you can human beings want property they want to be able to have sovereignty over yeah. over space so that yeah. they can do what they want yeah you know and, and, and I'm not saying that you know because you can someone out there's probably thinking well then that would mean that the strongest country would just colonize everything mm-hmm. you know and yeah there needs to be protections for that okay. but as it stands right now correct me if I'm wrong Robert but what 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 the uh, a major component of this treaty mm-hmm. is that no nation can claim sovereignty over an area of land in space. No nation at all. So there are zero property claims that can be had in space. That, I think, is very detrimental <clears throat> yeah, to, yeah. To, to motivating people to, to want to be out there. Yeah. You know? like, imagine that if, if, if I could sell you know, so, so somebody out there, hey, if you go over here, you can own this plot of land on Mars. And yeah. like, hey, I want to invest in that because now, now I have a stake in it. You know? mm-hmm. And that's how you can bring the, the interest of space exploration yeah. to the everyday person. Yeah. But I definitely see the problems that are going to be involved, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, international, you know, uh, competition and, um, you know, the United States, Russia and China pr- pretty much dominate the space industry. And uh, these those things could be problematic and they could be sources of tension, in, in, you know, in, in the world. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I think that, you know, we, we need to uh, look at this treaty and, and, and sort of ask ourselves, yeah. well, how does this fit with the recent advancements, now that we are becoming more capable in our space exploration, um, that which wasn't the case when these shoes were written, how does that affect you know our view of how we should run space? Yeah, so just to respond to what you were saying a little bit, there's a program where um, through NASA, I think it's called Star Child, if you go to starchild.something.nasa.gov or whatever, you can actually um, purchase the rights to naming a star like after like and then give it as a gift like a, yeah. like an anniversary like yeah. hey this particular star in there is named after you so you're not really owning property or whatever but i mean you, it goes along with what you were saying like it gives like, it kind of like yeah. gives a little bit yeah. of ownership and people do that man i've, yeah. I've heard yeah. about that people, yeah. like valentine's day gift hey yeah. i got you a yeah, like I, like I named a star after you, you yeah, know what I mean? You take her out there, you, you go to the observatory. <laughs> exactly, and you take them out and you show them. And you let them know, and you're like, hey, like, baby, yeah, you see that right there shining, <laughs> glistening in the stars? By the way. I named that star after you. It's called, um, you know. Her name is uh, Gloria. It's called, yeah, Jackie. <laughs> that star is called Jackie. Yeah. My name is Jackie. I'm going to name right. the star Grace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. My yeah, name. so wait, but just again to, to respond, um, what you were saying about national uh, appropriation so it's a little wordy, and I wish uh, I wish Preston was here because I'm sure he could explain it. I but can explain. It. Come I on, oh man. really? Yeah, I'll explain it right here. Um, all right. So it says that outer space is not subject, and this is one of the principles of the Outer Space Treaty. I'm reading it straight from the website. It says the outer space is not subject to national appropriation by claim of sovereignty by means of use or occupation, or by any other means. 
Also, it goes on to say that the moon and other celestial bodies shall be used exclusively for peaceful purposes. Right. So there's two things to unpack there. And the first is going to be the appropriation and the sovereignty of space. So what that basically means, and forgive me if my explanation is not up to your standards, Robert, (laughs) but um, what, what that means is that so... It's going to be the distribution of property rights um, on space with space area, you know, with space land. So, like, if we, if the United States was able to appropriate the moon, we would designate. I mean, the we area. put our flag on we, it first. What we, what we would do is, it's like you know, it's like regular. We would create a border, right? So all this land is ours. That would with that the entire moon is ours. And then we have the the usage rights to say, okay, well, we can appropriate this land to uh-huh. the government officials, to scientific officials, or to you know, to private individuals who want to use it for you know their own economic gain or, or whatever you know for for extracting resources, whatever it might be. But what that means is that a country can. Uh, have the sovereignty of that land because sovereignty comes first and what that what that is is that they can control the jurisdiction in that land what is going to happen with this land how it's going to happen the regulations um, sort of how they're going to divvy up the contract rights you know concerning that concerning that so it's basically like how a country has jurisdiction over their own land so that's how that's the easy way to think about it you know it's like how Texas has jurisdiction over Texas how US has jurisdiction over the US it's extending that principle to land on space, yeah. and that what they're saying is that that, that shouldn't happen. <laughs> yeah. The second thing is that the the peaceful yeah the moon the, and the other celestial purposes. bodies shall be used exclusively yeah. for peaceful purposes. And, and that's and that's interesting right there because I mean look, everybody here agrees that space does not need to become a, a battle zone. You know what I mean? It yeah. But we we need that. I I like that because we need to promote peace in space. Mm-hmm. And so far, space has been peaceful. They have succeeded. You look at the track record of this agreement, you know, that I'm that I'm saying that I disagree with, mm-hmm. but at the same time, their track record is pristine. <clears throat> yeah. Their track record is peace in space, is peaceful cooperations. Even during the Cold War when the Russians and the Americans hated each other, they were still cooperating in space. We never hated you know? each other. Well, it, you know what I mean. I don't I don't you know they they, they, okay, well, they, so, they, they well, I don't know about yeah, that because they yeah. saw themselves yeah, as, yeah, as, yeah. as that's, that's a sidetrack. And, anyways, yeah, anyways. But, but, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I know what you mean, man. Like, well, so if I could interject here real quick, another point and to bring it into exploration, another point on this uh, principle, this list of principles for the Outer Space Treaty, yeah. it says outer space shall be free for exploration and use by all states. Yes. So they're saying it can't, it shouldn't be used for anything but peaceful means, but it's still open for exploration. Yeah, but well, I think what you peaceful. were saying was yeah. that without the the ability to claim property rights, yeah. your motivation for exploration is deterred. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, I mean, exactly. I think, you know, um, so right now, space is really only for governments and it's for corporations who want to launch satellites, you know, mm-hmm. um, or in the very few companies that want to actually, you know, uh, launch payloads in the ISS or, you know, to put things out in the uh, in, in space, in the upper atmosphere. But, you know, we were talking, you know, because I, I, are you in agreement, Robert, that the best thing that the human, well, it's, it's, it's good for humans to want to explore space. It's good for humans to actually explore space. Like, well, I think we're in agreement there. I think most people are in agreement there, you know, where it, humans should be um, increasing our presence in space. Uh, and we can get into the reasons why later, and I think we will. Yeah, well, I think at, for the, the sake well, of this me, podcast, me, we can all agree yeah. that we want to explore space yeah. more. Yeah, and I mean, there's people yeah. that, that might disagree with it, but I don't think those arguments are going to be ha- ha- had here necessarily. And um, so how do you do that, right? We've talked about earlier, like we live in a democracy. Yeah. So our tax dollars, the stuff that they take out of our checks, <clears throat> you know, we're very sort of um, aware of where that goes. And if we don't like where it's going, you know, we're, we're very vocal about that, you know. 
But when we do like where our money's going, like people, most people, you know, like that there's the Medicare, you know, or, or what's, what's the social security for old people? You know, like when you retire, <laughs> when you retire that you're not, you're not, um, sort of out there on your ass, you know, cause yeah, you, you yeah. physically cannot work, you know, and mm-hmm. some old people don't have family members to some, rely some on. Some elderly. Some, yeah. Some, some elderly, elderly people. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's a good term. Yeah. You know? Uh, some elderly people. Don't have other people to rely on, but the government is there to give them, you know, their social security checks. So at the end of the day, yeah. you know, they're they're clothed, they're okay. fed, they have they have shelter. So how does that so tie in with space exploration? Yeah, I'm I'm getting there. Yeah, um, is that is a government program, and most people are sort of satisfied that their tax dollars are going to that program. Okay, right. So they have an interest in that. They have a stake in that. Yeah. And so that's what keeps that program afloat. And there's massive amounts of investments in that particular program. Now, how does that translate to space? Starfleet. Well, so well, well, I don't, I don't know about that. But so you want people to sort of say, I want my tax dollars to go to outer space. I want my tax dollars to go to NASA. I want my tax dollars to go to uh, Space Force if that's what you want. I want my tax dollars to go towards funding initiatives and research and technology that increases our capabilities in space. So, okay. and, and in order to do that, you have to sort of galvanize public interest in space. It's kind of what we talked about with the Joe Rogan thing, the mm-hmm. San Joe Rogan to, yeah. s- to space initiative, which I'm starting here, by the way, the Wisdom <laughs> Factory is, is getting behind this. Heard it here first. Yeah, yeah. so Joe, if you're listening, you know, um, get ready, start, start working out, prepare yourself, uh, lay off the weed, buddy. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, yeah, but in order to do that, you have to galvanize public interest, Robert. And and let me ask you, how do you think you could do that? How do you think we could accomplish that outside of what we already talked about? Yeah, so actually, if you let me take the floor for a second. Um, so I was raised uh, watching Voyager. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I know the difference between uh, uh, Captain Picard and uh, that other captain that hangs out with... Uh, that other dude. Yeah, I, I watched a little bit of Star Trek. I'm not an expert. I haven't watched any but, Star Trek. <clears throat> so the, we were talking a little bit earlier about the comparison between Star Trek and Star Wars. Uh, if you're familiar with uh, you know popular culture. Yeah. Star Trek is a little bit more grounded. Uh, I think it, it, it relates to our society a little bit more. Star Wars is a little bit more fantastical. Anyways, yeah. the point is Star Trek is the show. But mm-hmm. within Star Trek, there is something called Starfleet. Starfleet is what you're seeing. You're seeing people who are exploring the universe in their, you know, spaceships through Starfleet. And um, just here on the Wikipedia page, Starfleet is a service maintained by the United Federation of Planets. This is all fiction, by the way. This is this is fiction. What I'm reading right now is fiction. Okay. This is Starfleet is a service maintained by the quote unquote Federation of Planets as the principal means for conducting deep space exploration, research, defense, peacekeeping, and diplomacy. That is the only and sole purpose of Starfleet. But, but how does that galvanize public interest? So? Well, the, what I would say is that you can get people to f- get behind this. Yeah. You can get people to join this. Yeah. You can get children who want to join Starfleet. Mm-hmm. You can be like, look, you can join Starfleet and mm-hmm. become an astronaut just yeah. the same way that you can be like, hey, look, you can join the military and become yeah. a badass. You know yeah. what I mean? Kind of like those same things. If you can okay, so galvanize lo- like, yeah. Lowering the barriers of entry to getting regular people to, into space. Well, yeah, I think I think that, yeah, I and, think and that's already of, been starting through the privatization yeah. of exploration. You can almost go to space with, you can buy a ticket and yeah. go to space. I, I would say in the next 10 years, you yeah. could probably just be like, oh, hey, you know, let's go to the moon and then you, yeah, you go online right. and you buy a ticket, yeah. you know? And so there's the privatization, which is bringing it down. But then also, so real quick, um, in December December 31st, 2015, 
um, the People's Republic of China, and correct me if my facts are wrong, but they started the Strategic Support Force. Mm-hmm. The Strategic Support Force, which um, is basically their uh, their space force. And it wasn't until 2017 that President Trump, um, and I was actually, I was, I was in Kuwait when I saw this on the television, and uh, he demanded that the the Air Force branch off into the Space Force. Right. So that was in 2017. The Chinese or China or the People's Republic of China have been doing their own Space Force since mm-hmm. the end of 2015. Mm-hmm. So right now we're in 2019. So we've already been into developing a, a space for a national Space Force for yeah. maybe two years and. I mean, China's already doing it. So, like what you were saying, lowering that barrier of entry Mm -hmm. through the privatization, first of all, and then second, through maybe like some sort of national space force. I think you could galvanize public interest by making it seem like any any little kid out there not only can become an astronaut, because I think becoming an astronaut is one thing, but to become an astronaut or a member, just a member of the space force, you know, like, 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 yeah, yeah, any, you'll, you'll see little kids in kindergarten, like drawing pictures of like, oh, I want to be in the space force, mommy. You know, like that, I think that's one way you can do that. So, uh, the way that I think would work best, you know, and this is um, a solution that I have, that I haven't heard, you know, being, being put out there. So I want to put it out there is that, this idea of, of property ownership really is an underlying motivational force <laughs> that has driven human beings to explore the planet from yeah, where yeah. we were at yeah. the, the cradle of civilization. Mm-hmm. Why did we go out there, yeah. right? It was yeah. for resources and it was to own the land. It was to own the land to get the resources yeah. and to, for human beings to do whatever they want to do on mm-hmm. this plot of land. Yeah. We're tied to our land. That's, that's just... That's just how we operate, you know? Well, yeah. it's, it's a part of human nature. And so what I'm saying is that if you open up... Guys... And I told this to Robert the other day, okay? You want to talk about real estate. Ask yourself right now at home, how much real estate is out there in space? An unlimited amount? It's almost amount. infinite. It, 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 depending, on your, yeah. depending on your subscription to universe theories, it is possibly, possible that it's infinite. And we're going to tell ourselves that all of it is off limits. All, that, all of it, well, you know, because, because we, yeah, can't, can we I, can't trust... Well, let me finish this Yeah, point. yeah, I'm going to respond. We can't trust governments to, uh, to not nuke each other if, if we if god forbid allow people yeah. to own space property yeah so anyway the point is that if you open up space um real estate to private ownership then you're going to see massive floods of investment massive floods of research and te- yeah. technological developments that are going to sort of try to uh, create the supply it's like supply side economics for people to do that for people to you know because the demand is there the demand is going to be there like we said real estate i mean come on like people are real estate is always in demand and um so it's about creating that supply and and if that that restriction is taken out you're going to see that being unleashed because that's yeah. the bottleneck right there is the yeah. restrictions that we have on space and that is going to get the everyday person is now going to have a stake in space exploration because they have the potential the the the, the uh, to own real estate out there. All right. Can I take the opposite side? Sure. All right. So <clears throat> to me personally, uh space exploration is uh to a certain extent a little bit like uh untainted or maybe pure, you know? Yeah. Um I would equate it maybe to like deep sea exploration, you know what I mean? Like it's right. it's like a whole new frontier, you know, space the, the final frontier, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, space exploration not having any national um, affiliations yeah. kind of makes it a little bit more fun 
because then I'm just going out there to find out what's new. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm not necessarily going out there to try and like, you know, find another job. You know right. what I mean? Like, and then also, um, I kind of lost my train of thought here, but what I, th- oh yeah, this is what I was going to say. The parallel I was going to draw was if we were to go back to, um, like the wild west and how, or actually no further back in history, not the wild west colonial, when yeah colonial, colonial times. When the, the, when the, when the quote unquote, you know, English man came across the Atlantic ocean and they settled on New York, right. And they traded the Indians, uh, some beads for the, for the, for the right to, you know, be on New York Island or whatever. Right. They were, they were imposing those ideas of property rights, you know, on to the Island. Right. But I think. In my opinion, I'm not sure. Obviously, other people can probably say this better than I can. But the Native Americans were a nomadic uh, type of people. You know, right. they just they didn't necessarily like sit down and draw a border and say this is our land. They would travel from one part of the town to an or one part of the land, and they would all use it together. And nobody would claim property rights. You know what I mean? So I think earlier you were saying like it's a human like right to or not a right, but like it's an urge or like yeah. it's a part of like who you maybe are to want to have property rights. Yeah. But to me, I wouldn't want to go out to space and be like, you know, this land is my land. You know, I'm not trying to go out there and say that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I I take a lot of pride in the but, fact uh, that. So you well, would wait, wait, not, let me finish. You would it. not want to have. Well, a, hold on, let me finish. I was saying I take a lot of pride in the fact that the United States put their flag on the moon yeah. first, and I think that gives them a certain amount of claim to the moon or whatever. But um, I think that if you were gonna, you know, I, I just think it, it's a little bit presumptuous to assume that everybody wants to, you know, ne- necessarily own rights, and I think you can look at it through two different sets of glasses, one in which, you know, we're going out there to advance our national interests. And then another one in which is just kind of general mankind, we all want to explore. That's what they said before they they put their foot on the moon. It's one step for man and one giant leap for mankind. You know, um, a lot of the space treaty stuff talks about like mankind and what's just generally good for mankind. Another one of the treaties was, uh, we were talking about it earlier. There's five treaties that have a large uh, say on the way that we uh, deal with space. One of them was that we were was the one that we were referring to earlier. But there's another one that specifically states that if there's an astronaut, then you are required to help them. Like if 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 China, you know, was out there and then all of a sudden they see an American yeah. astronaut in yeah. distress, yeah, exactly. they're gonna be they 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 are required to to give them help because out in space we're all mankind. Well, there, there's a, there's a lot of things that, that you said there, Robert. So I'm gonna try to do my best to, to cover to cover these to these points. Your first uh, observation it, it was the uh, it was the Dutch that colonized New York, but I don't think that really matters. But just you know, for people out there, like it was the Dutch, it wasn't the Brit- you know, just just throw that out there real quick. But your example of colonial colonial colonialism as a bad thing, I don't think. Well, I wouldn't say it's a bad thing. I wouldn't say it's a bad thing. I was just drawing the comparison between what you were saying about wanting to, you know, own right in space, and then maybe just you know not necessarily taking that stance. First of all, it's you're when you're going colonialism happened where we had to push people off of a set of land because they didn't believe in property rights. We had to push these people off a set of land. When you're dealing with space, you don't have that. There's nobody there. You're the first one that's there. You don't have to commit genocide to, to hurt anybody to go out there. This land is just there. Nothing is happening on it. And that's why I'm saying that, you know, it's, it's not necessarily that I have an inherent 
belief in property rights, that it's a natural law that every human being <clears throat> should aspire to. That's not my necessarily my argument. My yeah. argument is from a practical perspective. Okay. So in that, well, let me, yeah. let me let me finish this this uh, this thought. Is that you know, for human beings, you know, for, first of all. I think it is common in, in, in nature. You look at every major nation, every major civilization has property rights on earth. Every major civilization. So you, it's the overwhelming majority of people identify with the value of having property rights. That's, that's first and foremost. Second is that, you know, when you're dealing with space, what we've seen on earth is that when people own property, what do they do, Robert? They develop that property. They use that property. They make that property efficient in sort of creating, whether it's economic, whether it's political, whether it's scientific, whatever they want to do with it, you know, whether it could be recreational, it could be recreational, but that private ownership sort of allows people to unleash their desires for what they want for that piece of property. You know, like if they want to create a Las Vegas outer space, that's fine. If they want to create a Silicon Valley out there in space, that's fine. But I think that you, it, it starts, you have to have a sense of, okay, this is the area where I have jurisdiction. And it's mm -hmm. not only to, it's, it's also to restrict people too, because you're saying you can't go into this area. And you can have like how we have in the world. There can be zones, there can be areas that are, that are interna internationally owned. Uh, it's it's like you can you can have that yeah uh, but I still that's I think at the end of the day you have to look in the future and it's an antiquated idea to say in a hundred years when when going to space is going to be as simple as you know dropping you know buying a ticket like you said buying yeah. a ticket online and you can go out into space in a hundred years you could probably go anywhere in the solar system okay. you know pretty damn near to say in that in that world where pretty much every individual has access to space mm -hmm. that we're still going to yeah. have no property rights right. well, I, so, I think is very i think i think that's living in the past and yeah. it's not you know sort of yeah. looking at the so future so to maybe to, to kind of like define the scope of this conversation that we're having right now specifically yeah. If we're talking in terms of the moon and Mars, yeah. what you were saying was, you know, nobody's occupying it anyways, mm. you know, so we might as well use it. Yeah. And I would I would agree with that. You know, if the moon, like, let's go use it. Like, let's, let's all go use it. You know, let's yeah. go start putting, you know, hotels up there so yeah. that we can, you know, go hang out. And let's, let's start... You know, building arenas out I wouldn't there. Say so we using can it because using it using it implies yeah, not, not, yeah. not sustaining it. I would say utilizing it. Of course, of course. But I mean, I think if we're speaking in terms of the of the moon and Mars, I would agree with you, and I think everybody would. And you know, yeah. I'm not necessarily saying that you were wrong to begin yeah. with, but on a larger scope, you know, as far as like the unlimited expanses of space, mm -hmm. you know, I think it's you can't make the same assumptions because you know you don't necessarily know what you're gonna run into, right. but. I mean, I would, I think we would agree on the basic premise that yes, you know, as we progress in society, you know, we are going to have to adapt to the way that we see space because we're not in the sixties anymore. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we were to, as a society, you know, because this, the tr space treaty right now is to the United Nations, you right, know, right. so we would all, not just Americans have to decide, you know, what was going on. But I think the biggest well, we would just have to opt out of the tree. Exactly, but I think the biggest, I, I, the biggest uh, flaw or holdback or holdup to there being, I guess, a general consensus because I don't think there's a consensus on space right now. Mm, okay. The, the 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 all the national parties right now are not on a consensus. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so just to just to read a book real quick, <laughs> it says at the world's as the world's most ambitious space power. The world's most ambitious space power, the People's Republic of China, presents the United States of America with unique conundrums. 
China right now, from what I understand, what is this and from, from what, the, well, that I just quoted that from um, Neil deGrasse Tyson's book, uh, Accessory to Accessory to War. Okay. Okay. Um, it's astrophysics and how uh, it relates to. Yeah, the military. You know, yeah, and whatnot, because, like, low-key astrophysics have a lot to do with military. Military, yeah. Um, The point that he was making is that China and the U.S. do not collaborate, period, when it comes to space. Uh Um, China, from... I'm looking for the article. I was reading it earlier. Um, The International Space Station involves all countries but China. And then to just make one more point um neil degrasse tyson after the movie the martian came out um said that the movie was clearly a fantasy because in the movie china and the u.s collaborate right now china and the u.s are on opposite ends and they're not working together so the idea that you're saying about you know in a hundred years or whatever like we would have to come together as a nation and have or as a as a as a planet you know and have consensus on how we were going to um, Let me ask own, you a question. quote unquote own the moon but I think that the th- the thing that's holding you know the United States from being able to own property mm-hmm. on the moon is that well first we'd have to convince China to be okay with that you know um okay so I mean maybe like I like I definitely see the validity in your argument that there's you know there's there's no cons- real consensus about that and um you know it it would lead to conflict because what I would say, like, is that we don't need China's permission, you know, to do this. Yeah. We don't, you know, it's like, what do we need their permission to do things on Earth that they don't agree with? No. So, you know, why should this extend to space? But what I, what I want to say is that all of this sort of goes back to a, a larger... Oh, well, real quick on the whole China thing is because I think it's an excellent point and it's an area where space cooperation has, has broken down. And at the end of the day, I, I think space cooperation is one of the most beautiful things because it shows, like, even... It, it shows, like, that we can cooperate with even our perceived uh, enemies. Or I don't think China's our enemy, but they're, they're, you know, they're, they're not really um, our biggest ally. Mm-hmm. And even with non-allies, <laughs> we can still cooperate. We can yeah. still cooperate with them. But what I want to say, the reason why we don't allow China on the International Space Station, it has to do with reasons that are geopolitically based on Earth. You yeah. know, there, there's, there's geopolitical reasons, there's strategic <clears throat> reasons where it might be to our disadvantage um, as far as our national security to allow China to do these things. Uh, and that's and that's not a personal opinion. Yeah. That's that's like that's like the government's stance, the government's position. And um, so you might gain areas in space cooperation and you might allow, you know, have allow China to do these things. And that might benefit us uh, scientifically and, and, and in the space. And I think so. But it would come to the detriment of, you know, losing certain key advantages when it comes to national security. Yeah. That being said, Robert, I think we need to get into the, 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 the meat and bones yeah. of, of the podcast. Yeah. And, and real quick, you brought up this idea that, you know, we are, you know, I'm a millennial. I'm a millennial, you know, and yeah. uh, I, I don't know, what are you, Gen, Gen Z or something? Like, what? Uh, no, actually, or? I think I'm a, I'm a, I, I think I'm a, technically a millennial, okay. but you know where the millennial comes from. It's just a marketing ploy. Yeah. You know? Well, well, it's okay. Well, that it's a generational, it's a generational thing. Well, yeah, it's but a, the, the so, man who turned the coin yeah. millennial was a, working for a marketing firm, yeah. and he was trying to create a, an idea that the market can mm-hmm. understand to connect with our generation. Well, whatever you want to call Anyways, it. Anyways, uh, but you're, real quick, you're, you're, though, you're I just want to, before we move on, I want to, I want to cite two sources real quick. Uh, Businessinsider.com, I'm going to read it real quick. It says, uh, one of the biggest collaborative projects in which NASA is involved is the ISS. It's a space station built and maintained by the United States, Russia, Europe, Japan, and Canada. China, however, is banned from involvement in the ISS thanks to U.S. lawmakers. 
That's uh, Business Insider. The article is, Here's Why NASA Won't Work with China to Explore Space. It's from right, 2015, right. Kelly Dickerson. Um, and then one more thing I want to read real quick from the book that I mentioned earlier. It says, One example of that modernization is a, for, for China's modernization is a new branch, <coughs> the Strategic Support Force, created by the People's Liberation Army mm -hmm. on the final day of 2015. Its focus is space, cyber, and electronic warfare capabilities. Right. They founded this in back in 2015. Right. Yeah, I, you uh, you uh, you sort of covered that uh, yeah. earlier. About, I just wanted uh, to, I just wanted to read it. I just want to put the words yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah. Before but I Robert, well, this this is actually still you know because this is the fundamental question here yeah. that we are trying to answer, and I I tie it into the generational thing because whether you want to call it millennials, I don't care what you call it. What's important is the numbers and the age numbers. So I think a perfect uh, a good way to look at this is anybody from. Uh, maybe 10 years old to 35, you know, people who are going to have, who are going to live well into the second half of this century, right? Those people who are coming, this, the, the, the generation of, of individuals who are going to be living in this age of space exploration, because I think you can define this century by space exploration. I think this is going to be the, the century where we truly move beyond Mars, where we truly move beyond the moon, and we sort of increase our capabilities in space. I think this is the century where that's going to happen, where you like to look at things from a historical perspective on the timeline of history of man, whether you're looking at the eight classical age, the medieval age, we can look at this age and say, you know what, this is where humans left that rock. You know, we're, we're off, we're interplanetary. Um, so, but we're the generation that is on the, 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 the beginning. We're the ones that have to drive that. You know what I mean? So it's important for us to ask ourselves these questions because we are at the forefront of this movement because now the technology has caught up to where the everyday person could, you know, have space aspirations. And, and um, so it brings up the question. Robert, yeah. what is the purpose of space exploration? Now, yeah. We have to define what do we want to do <clears throat> in space? What, what, what are yeah. we, what, what's, what's yeah. the objective? Yeah. All right. Before I respond to that, I just wanted to mention William Strauss and Neil Howe are widely credited with naming the millennials. If you just what I was saying earlier, if mm -hmm. you wanted to look it up, okay. it's kind of interesting. Um, but so the purpose of space exploration, you uh, brought up a point about that earlier about you know life and we kind of mentioned that earlier like the search for life mm -hmm. that's what we're doing yeah. on mars it's a good for one. water right um i guess my response to that question is um what do you think it means to um be fruitful and multiply be fruitful and multiply i think what that means is that um you know obviously you want to reproduce you want to sort of uh you know you want to live you want to leave this earth with sort of successors like you yeah. want to you, you you want you want to have like to me what that means is you want to have a lot of children and you know you want to have a big family so that they can be fruitful and multiply mm -hmm. and i think you know the reason why you want to multiply is so you can be fruitful yeah and uh what that means is that you're you're creating something from nothing you know you're 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 either creating order in the world you know like you're let's like being fruitful could mean having a job you know mm -hmm. you have you have a job you're working you know you're actually uh contributing to the economy you're contributing to the, the stability of the civilization and you're being a productive member of society you know that to me that's what being fruitful is and the analogy actually comes from looking at a tree or looking at a bush and seeing the fruit of that bush and how does that interact with humanity you know is we can use those fruits for you know they taste good and they're nutritious mm -hmm. you know yeah and so they sort of and, and and what that symbolizes is sort of the it it, it um 
it improves life. Like it increases living. You know, it, it, it's, it, it's fundamentally tied with the idea of um, human flourishing, you know. And um, I think that's what being fruitful and multiplying yeah. is. So, I mean, that's how I, that's how I would term what you said earlier about how we go to space looking for life. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's, it's looking for life, but then looking also for that opportunity for us to find other places to, you know, continue with our life. Because, I mean, yeah. I've seen some memes online where it's like, uh, especially when like the whole like going to Mars thing was real hot. And it was something like, you know, Mars was like um, just chilling out there and then like Earth was chilling and then like there's just like this kind of negative connotation of like Mars is like, oh, we're just chilling. Why are you bringing all your bullshit over here? You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's, it was kind of like a negative idea of like, you know, we like we're such like a negative society. Yeah. Like, you know, we're, we're ruining, we're yeah. ruining our earth. We're ruining our world. Why would we want to continue and bring that to other places? Yeah, yeah. We're just going to bring more like hate and you know, all this stuff. And I, I, I would disagree with that in, yeah, in general too. terms. Me I would too. say that it's a positive thing for us to be trying to spread, you know, our values, you know, or whatever, like the American dream, you know, to other places. Um, And then second, um, my, my, my next question to you to answer your question kind of would be, um, do you think there are any animals um, out there for us to name? Oh, most definitely, man. I mean, the term space is so infinite, you know, like how there's so many different, I mean, anybody who's everybody's looked at the stars at yeah. night right and yeah. you know in most days we can't even see all of them but yeah. imagine i think there's a there was millions of stars in millions of galaxies mm-hmm. right in millions yeah. of galaxies and there are people who think there are millions of universes mm-hmm. you know like at the at the edge of our universe if you keep going there's another universe eventually you hit another universe and i don't necessarily believe in that I th- well because that's the debate i haven't made up my mind because the debate is still out there and the scientific research is not conclusive on that but um so you're talking about millions of galaxies and millions of stars okay mm-hmm. and you have to look at it from i look at things from a, a futuristic perspective <clears throat> where you know i'm extracting human civilization to exist maybe for another eight thousand years you mm-hmm. know and in that time uh, we can become a. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with um, the the, t- the type civilizations, the type one, type two, type three, right? So when, at a certain point, we are going to be able to harness the 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 power of the sun in outer space and utilize that energy, and that's going to allow us to sort of. Uh, travel in, with interstellar travel yeah. eventually interstellar which makes travel, us a different type which, of yeah, which, yeah, which, yeah, which, yeah. Which, which brings us up you know to a different type and so if we can go to different planets like we've already identified planets that that have water mm-hmm. that have the elements of, of a building blocks of life we just can't look over there but I'm 100% sure dude you there's life everywhere on earth anywhere you turn you can't escape it there's life in the, even in the deserts you know there's water bears and stuff um, so I don't know if they're called water bears, but you know what I mean. Those little, those little micro. <laughs> well, gonna, I mean, the reason but, I, the reason I asked the question is because I was reading. But about most this definitely, dude. to answer the question, yeah, yeah. is most definitely, it's just we have to be able to have the ability to yeah. go there and yeah. name it. Yeah, and I would I would say that some people uh, would think that it is there. Or I was reading about this guy named Adam, and yeah. he was told to name the animals. You know, and I think some people would think that that is um, you know not something to take lightly. And why? Uh, why not? Uh, well, because that was that was that was what he was told to do from the very beginning, you know, to go name the animals, and, like like and, Adam and Adam and Eve. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like there was a guy named Adam named. <laughs> I mean, I was I wasn't trying like, to like nail it on the who's, head. Who's Adam? I mean, man, if you want to just throw it out there, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that uh, as a, as a human race, you yeah. know, that was kind of our purpose originally. If you were, yeah. if you're going to subscribe to that uh, yeah. train of thought, you know, uh, well, 1.3 you know, billion people do. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if you were asking about why we're exploring the universe, well, I mean, <laughs> there's more animals to yeah. name. So let's go name the rest of the animals. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's part of it. Uh, you know, and I think that the essence of what you're talking about is that, you know, there's life out there and that it would be really beautiful for us. It would be it would give us meaning. You know what I mean? It would give human humans meaning in their lives to see, you know, the rest of God's creation out there. You know, I think that's a, that's a special thing. That's a, that's a very special thing. And that's worth all of our efforts. And that's what we are actively trying to do right now. We've been trying to do that. That's why we have SETI systems and, you know, and all this stuff. Um, but, you know, when you look at space you can use it for several purposes, right? So you can use it for military purposes, which I'm not for at all. Like, I don't I don't think we need uh, Star Wars type, you know, battle cruisers and all that stuff. Like, eventually that's going to become necessary because that's just how humans are. But, I mean, but that is one way to use space, you know, or that is one purpose of space. The next I would say is um, economic which I think is the big one. I think economic is the big one because there's like research out there that, dude, there is entire asteroids that are like filled with platinum. You know what I mean? Yeah. Platinum and gold. Got more platinum and gold on this one rock than on the entire earth, you know? And I mean, you can think about what that would do. You know, obviously you'd have inflation problems, but the, the potential is, is there for mining, you know? Especially the whole asteroid belt is right there. You got a whole damn belt filled yeah. with materials that humans need for, you know, their, 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 it's a good raw materials for us to manufacture goods and stuff like that. And, you know, you have the, the real estate thing that I talked about. And, um, you know, I just think space tourism is going to be huge. You know, imagine, like, like you said, going out there on a honeymoon to, you know, to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a honeymoon on the moon, right? Yeah. Yeah. The first guy to do that is going to be a BA. But, um, yeah, so there's space tourism, and also I I think you know if you become interplanetary, because I'm taking a a cultural geography course, right? And it's interesting because trade comes down to what people have in their environment. Their environment affects what you can produce and how you produce it and why you produce it. So if we have you know a Mars colony, there's things that we're going to produce on Mars that you know, there's going to be resources on Mars that aren't on Earth, you know, or are, are rare in Earth, you know, and it's going to, and that is going to, eventually there's going to be a trade between Earth and Mars. There's going to be a trade between Earth and the Moon. There's going to be trade between Earth and, you know, the other planets in our solar system and beyond. And that inter intergalactic uh, trade, you know, is going to be something that I think is, you know, is, is what, at the end of the day, I think that's, that's the biggest purpose of space, right, is for the economic gain. Because, we capitalism can only work so it's 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 I don't think capitalism is infinite. I think it gets to a certain point where it's where you have to start exploiting people because you have to create profits and more well, more, more 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 profits. Scarcity. And yeah, it's, it's scare exactly scarcity. Like there's and that's because resources are are finite, you know. And yeah, you can get more efficient, but you know it's that can only get you so far. But the way out of that is to then open up all the resources of space, you know. Yeah. And I think that economic um like there's a lot of things that people can do economically in space, yeah. and that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, another thing is um well, culture like culture. Like I think okay. space, I think space is gonna have a huge impact yeah. on the culture. Man. Like, like you know, it's gonna change the way people dress. It's gonna change the way. Well, they I mean, dude, music. I can speak from personal account on that. Like my dad, he grew up during the space race. You oh, know what I mean? So yeah. to him, like space is like the coolest thing. You yeah. know what I mean? And like yeah. even to like people, like I was saying earlier, kids wanting to join the space sports and stuff. 
Um, you know, like imagine if you did grow up while people were trying to race to the moon and you watched mm. that whole thing happen. Yeah, it's, it's going to affect the hearts and minds of the culture as, you know, we broadcast it to the world. Um, yeah, so it's so most definitely. So there you go. And uh, but obviously what I think right now, this is the most important use of space is scientific purposes. Scientific purposes, I think that's what we want. I mean, we need to know what's out there. We need to know what reality is. We need to know what reality is. And in order for us to really do that, we have to look beyond Earth. We have to see what the universe contains, you know. Like, there might be um, elements that we haven't discovered. Like you said, there's going to be animals that we haven't discovered. There's Mm -hmm. going to be maybe colors that we haven't discovered. You know, all these things, like we're so ignorant to, to the rest of the the knowledge that's out there, the rest of the facts that are out there, the, the truth that is out there, mm-hmm. simply because we're limited in our ability to go explore them. Yeah. And I think, you know, the scientific purposes of space, and you mentioned this earlier, leads mm-hmm. to a lot of innovations in our mm-hmm. own society yeah. that make our lives a lot better. <clears throat> and I think that that's, you know, that's because all of these things that I'm offering are things that it's not just for some philosopher or scientist to go out there and say, mm, yeah, let me, let me examine the gamma rays. Yeah. Well, no, there has to be practical uses for the everyday person. I think yeah. that's... So, um, what you said about innovation, I'm going to follow up on that real quick. There's an article on techtimes.com by Rhodey Lee. Neil deGrasse Tyson, this is the title, Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson thinks militarized U.S. versus China space race will spark innovation. Um, and the, the article reads, a militarized space race between the United States and China would spark innovation comparable to what was seen decades before. Re- that would be, you know, during the original space race between the USSR and the United States. Rekindling the flame of innovation, innovation <coughs> astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson said, if he could just get the leaders of China to leak a memo to the West regarding plans to build military bases on planet Mars, Tyson joked, it could freak out the United States, which could then build a spacecraft that could reach the red planet in as little as 10 months. (laughs) So yeah, he was kind of trying to say that, you know, a space race between competition, you know, between China, like adversarial competition like that, that would spark so much innovation. It'd be scary as you know, all get out, but you know, whatever. But, um, so to ask you a question about culture and about space, I suppose, um, I'm going to read a phrase and I'm going to ask you what you think about it. Okay. It's, um, Psalm 19, one says the heavens declare the glory of God. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? I think that's exactly what I was talking about earlier is, um, like how much, how meaningful is it to actually go out there and see, the full extent of God's creation, you okay. know, and that's exactly what exploring the universe is, you know, is is seeing what He created because God created the heavens and the earths, right? So you don't want to restrict yourself to the earth. You mm-hmm. want to see what is out there, um, and because you know that there's beautiful things out there, you know it. There's there's just things out there that are. I mean, I've seen pictures of out there in space, and I always I always get lost in it. You know, it's that sublime feeling. You know, when you're just confronted with such awesomeness. You yeah. Know? Yeah, and, so um, that sublime feeling, because I think yeah. some people who may not, you know, uh, may like like an atheist or whatever yeah. who doesn't believe in God, like they would, they would maybe subscribe it, you know, to a feeling or you yeah. know to an emotion or you know yeah. whatever. But I think on both sides of the, the same, yeah. yeah, on both sides of you know the, um, I'm not sure what the right word is, but on both sides of this earth, you know, everybody on this earth, whether no matter what you believe, I think can agree that when you look up and you look into the stars, mm-hmm. like that's an experience, you know, like yeah. regardless of what you believe. Exactly. I think that there's a lot of power in, you know, what we see outside of ourselves. Yeah. And, 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 but to your, 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 
it was Psalms, was it? Psalms? Psalm 19, one. Psalm the heavens 19, declare one. the glory the of God. The heavens declare the glory of God. So what that also means for me is that, you know, knowing more about the universe is going to bring you closer to God, you know. Um, because, you know, if you're a Christian because and, and you subscribe to the belief that, you know, God created these things. Yeah. Okay. And you're going to be looking at his creation and you're going to be saying, wow, you know, like this is, this is how, like how intelligently designed these things are, how, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and they're going to inspire us yeah. to, because we always copy the models of, you know, organization yeah. that we see in, yeah. in, in the world. And so it's going to inspire us to do that. Um, but also, you know, for some people, it's just it's it's another confirmation yeah. of their belief in the um, in the greatness of God. Yeah. So just to just to wrap it up, um, I'll, I want to share a personal story. Um, so when I was in uh, Portland, Oregon, um, and I was about 15 years old before I moved to Houston, mm-hmm. uh, I remember specifically uh, driving on I-5 headed south. Yeah. And um, I was listening to Yellow Card on my CD player because that's, uh, that's how old I am. Yeah. And um, while I was just chilling in the back of my of the car and my, my mom and my sister were driving, I looked outside the window and it was it was it was it was dark, you know, and it was the middle of nowhere out on, on I five heading south, and uh, there was uh, there was Orion, you know, the belt. Mm-hmm. And that 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 constellation is so to me is so easy to see. Like you look up and you see the Orion's belt. Yeah, like it's 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 very like prominent, you know, um, but to me, that that it it just it just struck a chord with me in that one time because I'd seen it before, but at that time to kind of like be in the middle of moving between states, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I was a, like barely a freshman in high school, and I saw it and I was like, wow, that's amazing, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then I can I can name about a half a dozen other times in different geographic locations at different times where I've seen the same constellation mm-hmm. and it's made an impact to where once I was in Houston and I, I can't remember why, but I was walking up the stairs to my apartment at the time. And again, there it was, you know, mm-hmm. and it was just like, you know, like every time I see it, sometimes it's just like, you know, okay, there's Orion's belt, you know, but it, I, I want to learn more about it. Like in an astronomy sense, like what exactly it means to its relation on the horizon and where it is in the sky, depending on where yeah. you are in the part of the world. But I went, I went to the Middle East for a little bit and I even saw it out there. You know what I mean? It was on a different part of the sky, I think. And like, it would be yeah. on like, but like still like just, just the fact that that constellation has kind of just been carried through me, my personal life mm-hmm. to, and just whenever I see it, it's it holds a lot there. of meaning yeah. to me, you know, because no matter where you go, you know, you may see it on different parts of the world, but it's something that all humankind can relate to if they're looking up into the heavens, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, that's it. It's, it's it seems like you've built a, a relationship to space in that in that little in that little scenario, and I think that's pretty cool. I think you know, um, it does. That's 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 what you that's what you want at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To find to find meaning from things, and I think space is one of those places where meaning can be derived. I definitely believe in that, and that's why I believe in space exploration, and that's why we did this podcast. And Robert, I think we did a good job answering these tough questions, and I think uh, hopefully we've put a lot of. Uh, informational context out there for people to develop their own opinions and um, I, I think this was one of our better episodes man and I, I appreciate you for you know dedicating your time to do the research and the work to put into this podcast to make it as great as it was man thank you cool all right ladies and gentlemen